Welcome to the podcast of FGM 2020, sharing inspirational voices to effect change. Our foundation is dedicated to providing care and support to women all over the world. We provide counseling, support, and advocacy for girls and women's rights through meaningful community projects that promote justice, peace, and equal rights for all. I am assuming you're listening to me from the comfort of your home. And that means you're doing your part to stop the spread of the COVID-19 virus. Despite the lockdown, I encourage you all to make use of each moment. Take up that pain, that mic, and roll for that class. That paintbrush, take it up and tap into that creative side of you. There is still so much you can do. Or you could decide to volunteer your skills and services in propagating our goals and objectives as an organization. Visit our website on fgm2020.org or follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter for updates. Stay tuned as we bring to you contemporary issues Africa still battles with today. Female genital mutilation. This podcast episode is dedicated to all survivors of FGM out there. Thank you for your strength and courage. We can fight because of you and we will ensure that our voices are heard in the utmost part of the earth. Stay tuned. First, we begin with definitions of terms and facts about FGM. Some of you know one or two things about FGM, but I feel like we need to follow certain procedures by assuming that someone out there does not fully understand what female genital mutilation is. Female genital mutilation is the removal of part or all of the female genitals for non-medical cultural or religious reasons. You should know that 200 million women and girls around the world are living with the result of the dangerous practices of female genital mutilation, also known as cutting. In the next decade, 30 million more are at risk of being mutilated. And for Every 11 seconds that passes, a girl suffers FGM. The United Nations created the International Day of Zero Tolerance for Female Genital Mutilation, and it is observed every year on February 6 to stop the harmful practices to girls and women. What are the consequences of FGM? In Africa, FGM is often carried out under primitive and unsanitary conditions without anesthetic. FGM can cause severe pain, bleeding, this is obvious, and swelling, all of which can prevent passing of urine and feces. At the long run, it leads to chronic pelvic infections, 
urinary tract infections, and bad complications for mothers and children. The horror of the event alone, especially being physically restrained against your will by people you trust, has affected many women all over the world mentally. As we speak, FGM is currently practiced in 30 countries in Africa, the Middle East, Asia, but Egypt, Ethiopia, Nigeria, and Sudan account for about 40% to 42% of all cases. In fact, migrants have carried the traditional practice with them to other countries in Europe and the Americas. It will interest you to know that most women and men familiar with FGM say that they want to see it end. But there's this societal pressure to continue cutting. Mothers and fathers and extended family, community leaders, forcing girls and young women to be cut so that they will be accepted as clean and ready for marriage. What is your take on FGM? What do you think about this whole practice still being carried out despite the exposure? I'd like to hear your opinions. You can send it to us as a voice message or as a written message via any of our platforms online. Stay tuned for the next segment. Absolutely no health benefits from the procedure. Why practice what is not beneficial to anyone? It makes no sense. Imagine a seven-year-old girl dying of a heart attack, a young child dying from blood loss. This practice done amongst peoples and cultures and religions need to be stopped. There are women who cannot have children as a result of this practice. Millions of women have a lot of health complications as a result of this practice. We refuse to stand by and watch our girls suffer from the consequences of this barbaric practice. I have not been caught and I'm thankful and extremely grateful for that. Already. My monthly periods are excruciating. It's funny now I think about it, but cramps keep me in my bed all day, unable to do anything tangible even if it's work. Now, by my understanding, during the female genital mutilation process, a small hole is left, so small, and she's expected to urinate and menstruate through that. See. I cannot begin to imagine the pain anyone has to go through. I probably would be among the victims that never survived. I decided to go to my mother for a very enlightening talk. It started as a question and then I was blown away by some of the things I heard. You know. 
sometimes we never ask certain questions we we find it uncomfortable to ask those questions and thanks to this episode i've been able to ask this question so we got talking about fgm and to be honest i was shocked to hear tales of fgm in nigeria i am from kogi state and i wanted to know about my state if it's practiced there if it's practiced not just in my state but in my village she told me it was very much a practice but her mom my grandmother never allowed her to be caught i guess that's why i did not undergo the procedure as well but in in sondu kogi states it's expected of a pregnant woman to be caught during that time i don't know about now let's say around 2 months to delivery date she gave me a story of when she was pregnant with her first child that child has become a woman addressing you this very moment yeah according to her women willingly went to a particular old woman obviously experienced in the business to be caught she watched in amazement as they trooped in one after the other in those days it was said that women were advised to be caught if they want their babies to live to be more precise if a woman is not caught and the clitoris was to touch the child's head during delivery that child will die so i'm guessing my brother and i our living testimonies and miracles considering how we didn't die when we were born to a mother who was not caught back to the story after the procedure these women are given leaves to apply to the wound and they go home led by their husbands in pain and difficulty walking back awaiting the second phase of pain they probably were not ready for the pangs and troubles of childbirth due to the so-called spiritual process that's a funny story where i come from my very roots mopa in kogi state not too far from isonu after hearing this horrific nightmare retail i asked my mom about my own village mopa if it was practiced there and she said that according to tales and stories an uncut woman is likely to be promiscuous and desiring sex to often such a thing is not a good quality for a woman so women were caught this part is quite interesting <laughs> she also said that after the cuts if the flesh is not properly buried or disposed of and is accidentally take not eaten by a dog then the woman becomes eternally promiscuous <laughs> this is unbelievable so we go from preventing a woman from having too much sex to making a woman having very 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 much sex and attaching ridiculous reasons that a dog ate the genital flesh after she was caught can you imagine do you know what i make of this of this crazy explanation it seems to me that this explanation was fabricated 
encounter people who went ahead and had many sexual partners despite being caught. Imagine a woman is caught with the aim of suppressing her sexual urges and she goes ahead having many partners. It is a strategic explanation to come up with so that the status quo is not challenged. The authorities that put up such a practice are not challenged. <laughs> the life people go to to maintain control over humans like themselves simply because of gender differences amazes me. I do not know if FGM is still being practiced in my small village. These tales I just shared are from a generation or two before ours, but there's a possibility that someone out there, due to illiteracy and lack of exposure, still believe in these lies. What do we do as an organization? We stand firm calling for people not just people with knowledge and experts to lend their voice this particular problem concerns everyone it calls for us all to stand against sexual abuse i hope you're willing it's high time we put a dent to the rising percent of women that undergoes female genital mutilation I want to believe that you want to join us in this fight. Have you been caught? Are you uncut? It doesn't matter which. We want you to send in your stories as written or voice messages to us. I will prefer voice messages, so all we need to do is attach to our episodes. But whatever method you choose to tell us your story will be very much appreciated. I believe everyone has a story. If you do not have a personal experience, fine and better. Tell us the next personal story. From your mothers, your uncles, your cousins, or the community at large. We need to keep sharing the stories so we can declare every cultural, religious, or non-medical reason attached to FGM as lies fabricated to control women. This marks the end of our very first episode, yet the beginning of an insightful journey, a walk of freedom for every woman and children out there at the risk of experiencing female genital mutilation. Watch this space and anticipate what comes next. I am Bitemia Didiri and I'm most honored to be your host today. Stay safe.